I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I hit up hip hop by the numbers on Twitter. We use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I am director of the Fifth Element, where I highlight the Fifth Element of hip hop, which is knowledge. And welcome to Digging in Digits. Good morning, Ben. Quadruple, Mr. Quadruple Double is back in the building. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm sure you were putting up numbers this week. You're always running up and down that court, mate. I was, I was really bro. I was proud of you last week. I was proud of your intro last week. Dream shaking, bro. Dream shaking. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Hakeem, the legend. Shout out to Hakeem. Anyway, flexing aside. <laughs> uh, how has your week been? And what have you been listening to? Uh, yeah, week's been rough again. Far out, man. I'm, I'm stacking them up. But I did stack up some albums this week. And good, good. I did listen to The Baby and Young MA. So I'm going to go into those two first. Now, The Baby dropped. Please do. The, I know you've been you've been salivating at the prospect of me. I've been briefed. Down I've been briefed, ladies and these gentlemen. Two albums. But I'm not going to go. I'm going to. I'm just going to say they're both mid. But they're both very 2019 albums. So Kirk by the Baby, uh, I honestly, well, the Baby had the hardest double XL freestyle that I've heard in a really long time, and statistically, it was the longest. It was really, uh, it was a, it was his cipher verse. Sorry, not his freestyle. It was really long. Um, so 2019, everything is lining up for the Baby to be just peak 2019 rapper, and that's what I would. Uh, call him the quintessential 2019 rapper he's been throwing hands and winning basically every scrap he gets into uh he's been hitting the billboard hot 100 regularly uh he dropped his debut album earlier this year and it hit number seven this album is just straight mid like if you wanted a mid album (laughs) go straight to this like you listen to intro it's it's incredible the concept is great you know he's talking about his father he's talking about his past he's talking about how he feels about hip hop and how he feels about you know the life that uh, he's been thrown into, but then the rest mm. of it is literally just about sex and money. I'm I'm serious, man. So basically, YG. <sighs> yeah, but but not over good beats. Like at least YG's got oh, mustard really? on. At least YG's got mustard on Speed Dial. Like there was a London on the yeah. track uh, beat on the Baby's album, and I was like, wow, man, this is this is fire. Like the Baby's gonna come with some heat on this. No, he mm. didn't. He didn't, and he just. <laughs> It, it, it's not a terrible album, but the the engagement that I got on Twitter was that this is pretty, you know, just not that great. And everyone was really excited for it. 55% of his bars are about money and women. And, you know, you can guess what the other 45% is about because we already know what, uh, you know, we've seen the news headlines of baby just slapping the shit out of everyone. So um, that was really disappointing. So I, I listened to that back-to-back with Young M.A.'s album, Her Story in the Making. Now, Young M.A. is an incredible case study. She actually... So the track that uh, sp- like sprung her to fame was 2016. She hit the Hot 100 Top 20. So that was three years ago. That song went triple platinum, right? It was a hip-hop staple. Uh, Remy remixed it, Nicki, Jadakiss, Ferg... Then she did the BET freestyle in 2016. Yeah, that everyone was, was Everyone was praising her so much. 
And then we didn't hear anything from her. And she basically didn't mm-hmm. drop anything for like three years. Like she didn't hit the Hot 100 again. She dropped like three singles and nothing hit. So in 2019, you know, her story in the making, like this was going to be a huge album. Like we wanted to hear what was going on, what happened in the interim, what she was experiencing, all the behind the scenes stuff, you know, like, but no, we just got the female version of the baby's album. It's like women because, you know, she's uh, a lesbian. It's about women and sex and money. And I'm like, what did I just listen to? Did I just listen to the same album by the, like, basically just the same album from two different artists? You could sub out the baby and put Young M.A. into that. You could, oh, man, I was just like, what the fuck is this, bro? Like, where, there's, there was so much potential there, and it's just mid. It's not bad, don't get me wrong, and actually, her bars are much better than the baby's. Like, her wordplay and stuff is, is actually better, but uh, that was just really really disappointing and and i that's 21 songs i think i've really struggled to get through that album so i needed a palate cleanser so i hit sky zoo and pete rock's album hey. this dude come on man this is fire like yep. this is straight fire yep. i don't know what you meant about sky zoo i think he has a very distinct voice to be honest okay you know he's i, th- I think he's from brook is he from brooklyn uh, I'm, I'm just gonna say new york new york I've, I've okay because no he sounds he sounds he sounds super queens but um but far out, man. The beats are incredible. The bars are incredible. That joint with uh, uh, Benny Westside, Conway, and Elzai. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, my yeah. Gosh, I man. meant to mention it. Bro. I meant to mention that. Yeah, man. That's that's straight fire. Like, I'm disappointed that we're not getting this level of bars in mainstream hip-hop anymore because I'm going to have to pull a Charlie and just, just bury my head underground and stop <laughs> listening to all these big... Big name, you hey, know, engagement artist, like baby. Yeah, I'm gonna get under there with you guys. You guys, you guys have got the right idea. There's some heat. Um, I also listened to Kevin Gates's "I'm Him." Uh, Kevin Gates is like the 50 Cent of the 2010s. He switches seamlessly between singing and rapping. Uh, it's basically 50 50. Um, 50 percent singing, 50 percent rapping. He switches between the two a lot. He switches between the two 117 times, once every 23 seconds, and 6.9 switches per song, which is incredible. Like, the dude just is, and, and it's a very deep album. There is some, like, some, I, I can't praise Kevin Gates enough. He's way underrated. Like, there's some incredible bars on this. He's a deep artist. Where 50 Cent is a straight psychopath, Kevin Gates is actually an emotional human. Like, he... It's like everything 50 Cent went through, but imagine a human going through it and not 50 Cent. So you get like human emotion and it's, yeah, it's beautiful, man. I, I would, I'd recommend everyone check that album out. That was the best album I listened to this week. Um, yeah, man, it was, it was a really good album. What about yourself? What'd you get into? Yeah. So, um, what did I get into? Uh, I had about five. Uh, on the docket that I've listened to, I have a few. I had, a, I had a few more that I wanted to get into, but I just didn't find the time. To be honest, uh, they're all, but they're all uh, jazz albums, so you know uh, it's not really uh, anything that uh, you guys are gonna be gonna be so sad about, uh, angry or angry about me not listening to. Um, but regardless, uh, I, I can give a shit. But uh, <laughs> so I started with uh, Ashley Henry, "Beautiful Vinyl Hunter." Um, this is crazy good. This is such a crazy good jazz album. I, I just freaking loved it. Like uh, there are some, there are sometimes when I wish there were like some vocals for some jazz albums, and the vocals on here are just so so clean. Like I just, I just 
I just thoroughly enjoyed this project and uh, there are some really great solos on here all over the place and yeah man just so you know big up Ashley Henry I've had him on my list of people to listen to for a while and uh, I've I completely forgot um, to be completely honest and then and then uh, our boy Ed shout out to Ed uh, just uh, dropped it and I was like oh yeah I forgot I, I knew his name so uh, I was just like I need to get into that again but uh, yeah that was that was a good, that was a great shout uh, but he also recommended a few more and um, the next two I'm going to mention uh, one was great and one was just whew, not it chief so um, the great one was uh, Reservoir with Reservoir um, and it's about half an hour, so it's actually probably one of the most, um, uh, what's the word, uh, digestible, uh, jazz albums of the year, probably. It's only half an hour, it's, you know, it's not, it's not absurdly long, um, it's just, it's, ve- it's very in and out, uh, the, most of the tracks are like three, three, four minutes, like, you, you know, like with any other album, but the tracks on here are just so are just so clean and uh, to the point where I've actually put one of them uh, LML on my uh, regular rotation and yeah man it's just it's just great it's 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 a beautiful it's a beautiful jazz album and uh, considering that it's short and sweet it's a, it's a rarity that it's like that so uh, uh, I highly appreciate that but then we get to Angel I, I don't know how you say this but Angel Bat Dawid or or or, or Dawid or something like that with the Oracle and bro I I don't understand <laughs> this album. <laughs> I just don't. It's it's it sounded it sounded like it was being recorded in a wind tunnel. Sometimes, sometimes, and that's the thing because it wasn't consistently sounding like it was through a wind tunnel. It sounded like a wind. Tu- it was going through a wind tunnel for some, and then even in like some particular songs, there were like uh, wind tunnel vocals, but then. The, the 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 instrumentation was like right in front of you it's just it was so weird i don't know i don't understand it i, I just really don't i don't know the backstory i don't know anything like that i just listened to it because i was recommended to it and yeah it's just not it chief <laughs> it was just not it chief like i could i could that was a really struggle of a listen that was that was one of the biggest struggles of a listen i've had this year uh but then we got to uh chima anya and uh, soul chef with no pressure uh, very um, uh, again a very listenable a very easy listening uh, hip hop album uh, Soul Chef is one of the uh, in my mind one of the best producers one of the most consistently good uh, producers out there uh, just consistently putting out great tapes and uh, just great uh, collaboration projects uh, there was one he had a couple of years ago called Home I think it's a like Home Again or something and it was it was like a really international album like he had like rappers from he had like a rapper from like Madagascar coming through and I'm just and, and speaking uh, their language and it's just like that's crazy so uh, his reach is crazy uh, his reach from you know in a he, he's he's a true embodiment of like uh, hip hop in like a world sense you know of how like hip hop is truly international he really just uh, pl- plugs that and Jim Anya is a uh, is a is a rapper and from the UK and uh, also a doctor apparently from uh, from what I looked up so uh, yeah but that was a very um that was a very palatable uh, hip hop uh, project um, very very simple very easy listening not getting not getting like the deepest bars of all time or the hardest or any anything like that but it's it's a very smooth listen and uh, lastly uh, Jungle Brown with a uh, full circle um, I've been uh, I saw Jungle Brown live. 
uh, when I went to see Master Ace a couple of months ago, and there was the support, and yeah, man, they, they just really impressed me from, from their live show, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep up with them, and uh, they said they had an album drop in, and this was the album, and uh, it's, 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 it's a very... It's a very well-crafted album, I will say that, from the sense of, um, you know, there's a couple of hip-hop tracks, like straight-up hip-hop tracks, um, uh, Keep It Moving's one of their singles, and I've had that on my regular rotation, it's one of my favourite songs of the year, smooth hip-hop track, um, and they also have uh, one with Sampa the Great, uh, I've mentioned Sampa the Great, I've mentioned a couple times on the show, and uh, yeah, she, she's on she's on that, she lives a great uh, verse, and that song itself, I think, samples Summertime uh, uh, with uh, uh, Will Smith and Jazzy Jeff, and uh, yes, yeah, that's a great song, And but there are also like a couple of, um, a couple of just real hip-hop love songs, if anything, um, you know, they, they just talk about like, uh, you know, just... Um, well, general love stuff, and but it's over. But it's over. Like it, it's not. It's not forced. It, it's, uh, it's. It's. It's not. It's. It's. It's very natural feeling. So, uh, but yeah, no. It's, uh, it's. There's no. There's no weak. There's no weak song on there. Um, it's very eclectic. There's the beat is different every time. Uh, they go. They. They reach across different uh, places. Um, but yeah, man. It's. A, it's. A, it's. A, it's a real good project, and I'm happy. I'm happy. I waited on that one. So, uh, but yeah. We shall get, uh, on that note, we shall get to the intro for the show, and, ah. well, it's my turn now. Uh, yeah, that's right. I, I, I haven't done an intro in a while, see, see, see if I'm rusty. How <coughs> are you, bro? Um, so, <laughs> let's see. so uh, obviously, this is part two of our uh, dual discipline artists. <laughs> got it. Uh, mini, mini series, got it, got it, got it, got it, going on point. And uh, this week we are just going to obviously from last week for part one we uh, delved into a little bit of a history of it and just uh, talked about how uh, it, it was it was pretty much a nece- nearly a necessity for some people back in the day and then it just be- nearly became extinct and now obviously uh, to the present day it's become the just just the just the um, what's the word uh, the the bre- the bread and butter for 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 most people and. Uh, and it's highly accepted in the in the um, in the hip hop world, so we're going to spend this episode um, just um, just uh, just 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 rapid firing some names here and there. You know, we 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 most of you most of you know pretty much all of them. Um, we're not going to talk about anyone you know just um, really out there or anything that you've never heard of. Uh, most you, you'll hear you'll hear all the names and know them all in some sense, or at least heard their names, and hopefully you've listened to their music as well. But um, yeah, so we have. We're we're going to break it up um, into like uh, three categories um, in terms of dual disciplines. So uh, we have producers that rap, rappers who produce, and also true dual artists. So um, I guess we can. I mean, since Ben, you know, uh, uh, skip what's the word? Uh, drafted up a little format for us uh, for mm. here on the show. Um, I guess I will um, give it to you on this point uh, by. Well, just uh, how did you, I guess, start with uh, the? How did how did you end up uh, creating the uh, the three tiered system that we have uh, that we're going to go on? Yeah, it's I guess interesting because I want us to kind of rate at the end uh, of each artist that we go through whether we think that they are actually true dual discipline artists if they should stay in their lane, you know, producers who rap, rappers who produce, but I mean it's just very subjective, like rappers who produce and especially let's start with producers who rap. Let's go through that. Like we've got RZA 
Dr. Dre and I, Pharrell, of course. I put Q-Tip in that as well. Uh, now, these are artists okay. who, are, who are known primarily for production, but they spit bars as well. And you could think of Timberland, Swiss Beats in that as well uh, because, you know, they've both put out rap albums. Swiss Beats actually drop some bars every now and then. Uh, but basically, they're just they're known for production over rapping, but they do spit bars. Now, let's start. I want to start with Dr. Dre because um, some interesting stuff on Dr. Dre. Uh, we've we've already done a retrospective. I'm not going to go into all his commercial stuff, uh, but the Chronic, his first album, was the first album on which a solo rapper produces all of his own tracks to go platinum. So that was he was basically the first commercial, truly commercially successful truly dual discipline artist but i think we can all agree that it's his production that has overshadowed his rap career not to say mm-hmm. his rap career is is not commercially successful or he's not yeah. a gargantuan of hip-hop but yeah. uh basically when uh dre started rapping on nwa's early stuff and straight out of compton he, he has 19.3 percent of the lyrics on straight out of compton but Let's face it. Let's be a hundred percent honest. We're not checking for Dre on that out. We're not. We're not waiting for Dre well, to often drop express the... yourself. Of course, yeah, yeah. But we're not waiting for Dre to like come out and and drop like bars. It's more his. Uh, and we spoke about this on the on the the Dre retrospective. It's more about his presence on the track, and he's actually a very yeah. technically skillful MC. Even if he mm. doesn't write his own rhymes, he. I've never heard anyone who raps in double time and raps quickly and raps these technical flows. Like whoever's giving him the reference track is usually a top tier artist. You know, he's getting a lot of stuff from M, got a lot of stuff from Jay Z, uh, Easy E, obviously Ice Cube. But whoever was referencing these tracks for him, oh my gosh! Well, back in the day, back in the day, Ice Cube. But back, he. I was, I was, I was laughing at Easy E to be honest. You know, rap scholar, Easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, rap scholar. Uh, but yeah, man, like, come on, like, he can actually rap, like, yeah, yeah. he might not be able to write, but the guy can freaking rap, and yeah, he's, he's got, got 20, 21.5 million in rap certification, so that's his rapper, and two possible classic rap albums, I think they're both classic, one, I reckon uh, Chronic 2001 will go diamond at one point, I think it's seven times platinum already. And uh, man, I would consider. I think Dr. Dre is fine. I think he's fine as a rapper. He's top tier producer. I don't. I don't have a problem with with Dre dipping a toe into both both pools. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm complete, I completely agree. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I find uh, I find it a a happy medium for him to you know not be not be as invested into the rapping that other producers have been um but his delivery is just is just super clean and the voice yeah. is unmistakable like you know that's just that's just um that's just a a, a just give him a birth really like he just he just got that voice and it's just and it just works you know he, he sounds west coast he sounds like uh, he, he, he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. So, you know, and that, and that really goes well for some people. Um, you know, on the flip side, there are many artists where I can't listen to them simply because of their voice. Like, it really can be that uh, shallow. I, can, I really can be that shallow when it comes to some artists. Like, if, oh, I, if I know their you voice, can. if if I, yeah, I don't know, if if their voice <laughs> is annoying or just um, it just puts me off, um, 
I, I just can't do it. Uh, you know, uh, Poor for one example... Poor Lil uh, Wayne. Mm, well, yeah. Mm, okay. Uh, okay. I wasn't going to say Lil Wayne, actually. Um, I thought you were going to say DJ Khaled. Even you're completely correct. Um, I mean, yeah, sure. Him too. Um, don't know why you're mentioning him. Never, I don't. I don't know. I've never mentioned him before. But, um, I was actually gonna. I was actually gonna mention Danny Brown to be honest, because he's really? on the precipice. No, 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 okay. no. Stop, stop. Chill. Yeah, no, that's that's Chill. fair. That's all right. I'm alright. I'm just. Uh, he's on the. Pre- he was. He's on the precipice. Okay. Of potentially of like he he was when i first heard him i was like is this his voice is it is this danny brown this is weird like this is it's it's really off-putting and then i actually saw him live and i was like okay this is fine yeah this is fine i completely understand now so you know he he was on he was on the he was on the teetering edge but now nah, he, he was in i i i accept his voice it's it's, it's okay. so eclectic i love it but yeah no um from a dr j standpoint i completely agree like um you know, he may not be invested as in lyricism as much as uh, as much as others that we're going to talk about, but uh, you know, he he can deliver all the time. And yeah. it's just it just it just works. It slaps. So you know, I can't really complain. Ah, uh, well, let's transition from Dre into Pharrell because I honestly think it's a similar situation. Now, I think Pharrell writes his own rhymes. He has a he has a rap album. Uh, I think it's called In My Mind. I think it's O six. Uh, now mm-hmm. Pharrell yeah. Pharrell's an all round artist. You know, Pharrell sings. Pharrell dabbles in oh, yeah, pop, R&B, like he's a superstar. Uh, he yeah. has the fourth most top 10 entrances of all hip-hop producers. He's actually provided the third most guest vocals for Jay-Z solo albums. 2017 mm. words. Now that's every Jay-Z album, like the third most. And as a as a uh, musical, as a, sorry, as a vocal artist, he's got 26.5 million in certifications. Now, Pharrell, man, we can't say much more about Pharrell other than he's just a total freaking legend. He's just stomped the game in like every realm, you know. He's even got freaking clothing that's incredible. I certainly think that Pharrell is in in the in the realm of hip hop. I think if we were talking about just all music, all genres, then he would be a true dual discipline artist. But if we're going to talk yeah. about just hip hop and rapping, I think he's a producer who raps. But yeah. I also think he's an incredible rapper. Like, uh, Move That Dope with Future. I think Push was on that um, was on that song as well. You know what, man? Uh, Pharrell came through and cleaned them up. I don't care what anyone says. He came through and cleaned them the frick up. Like, he dropped heat hot take. on that. Uh, it's a hot take, man. Pusha T, a legend. But Pharrell came through. And on those Clips albums, when Pharrell came... Oh, sorry. I think it was Lord Willing that he was most on. When he came through, and oh no, it was Hell Hath No Fury. It was Hell Hath No Fury, which is a classic album. But for when mm. Pharrell drops bars, they're cold as ice. He's rapping next to Pusha T and No Malice, two of the greatest rappers, two of the greatest Coke rappers in history. And he is standing next to them proudly and rapping bar for bar with them. Like, man, I, I actually th- wish Pharrell would rap more. I miss his rapping. I want him to release another rap album. When he dropped that album, Girl, a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, where's the rap, bro? Like, you mm. can spit, man. And I think he writes his own bars, too. So I got Pharrell right up there. Um, I mean, that's pro- it's probably because I haven't actively searched for Pharrell bars, um, I will admit. Um, I'll take your word on, on all those examples. Um but yeah, if if we were if we were talking about just all of music, bun bun dual discipline artists, fucking 
septuple, which is like just be nice. Like he does, he literally can do anything. Like from from a, on a track, like it, it's it's crazy. But um, sticking to just hip hop, um, yeah, I I firmly put him in the producer raps category. Uh, I I would say that simply because I haven't really actively checked for even even with um uh, the album you mentioned uh, in my mind or on my mind I forget the name uh it, it's it's I, I kind of remember it but I don't remember anything you know specific from it uh in terms of just like was it hard or or, or like did it hit whatever. I I just it's kind of one of those things where I just I I simply remember the production more than anything. Like he has his own uh, beat tag that is not someone saying his name. Like, yeah, uh, just a, just a one, four. two, yeah, three, four. four bass. Like you know, it just it's, that's crazy, right? Like that's slaps. So like it slaps every time. That. Like it just it just works. Yeah. Um. So you know, just just from that point, I'm I'm completely fine with him saying like he I I understand that he has he has rapped in past years. Um, uh, I really enjoy his Neptune's work, uh, but yeah, he's he's definitely a producer who raps. Yeah. All right, fair. Uh, this one might be interesting. Q-tip. So, a lot of people would class Q-tip as a straight dual discipline artist. Uh, but when I post up his production statistics on Twitter, which I've done a few times, people have said to me that he's a much better producer than he is a rapper, and I am inclined to agree. Not because he's a bad rapper but just simply because he's such an incredible producer. Now, mm. 93% of A Tribe Called Quest's discography has Q-Tip production credits. 60% of the lyrics on their first three albums came from Q-Tip. He's <laughs> produced 88.2% of his own discography. He's produced 80 tracks for other artists, including Jay, Kendrick, Mariah, Nas. He has a number one album over the age of 40 as a rapper, which is rare. Now... Mm. Um, what was his ninety ninety? Yeah. What was his ninety ninety nine album? Oh, far out, I can't remember. The Renaissance, what, him, the re- his single, the Renaissance. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The Renaissance. That yeah. that was one of the first. I think it was ninety nine. That was one of the first hip hop albums I ever listened to on my own that I found by myself. And I think it's a classic. I don't care what anyone says, but I do understand when people say that his rapping is not as high. Like, I don't think that he's a bad rapper at all, but I just think. His lyricism isn't the greatest, uh, but I do love his voice, but sometimes it does grate on me a little bit. I'm like, you know, he doesn't switch up his flow as much. He doesn't switch up his cadence as much. So I don't know, man. He's really close to the the true dual discipline category. I think that one will be a little bit uh, controversial, me saying that he's a producer who raps. Yeah, no, you yeah you flopped on this one. He's a true okay. jewel. He's okay. a true jewel. It's a hot, mind. hot take um, that's uh, too too yeah, hot. No, well, yeah, it's it's a yeah it's it's a, it's a take. It's a, certainly a take. Um, yeah, uh, Renaissance by the way is 08. I think you're talking about Amplified. Uh, dropped oh, in Amplified. Okay, yeah, yeah, Amplified. That's my um, yep. so yeah. Uh, Renaissance was 2008. Uh, but yeah, anyway, um, so yeah, I think he's a true jewel. Um, I I if 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 we if we're really um. Like the, the, I understand when people say that you know he's um, more of a producer than anything, but um, you know I personally, um, and I don't want to spoiler alert here, but we've put Kanye in the True Jewel uh, section. You know I look for more Kanye production than lyrics. Okay. Um, I don't. I'm not. I'm not I don't think I'm alone in that. Um, I, I'm mainly there for production. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, you know, if the lyrics are if the lyrics are fun, then or or 
If, if they do their job, then they do their job. But I'm mainly there for production. And I'm more I'm more 50-50 on Q-Tip. Like, his lyrics are, f- his lyrics are great. And his production's, you know, top tier. So um, I, I think he's a true jewel, to be honest. Okay. I think he's a TD. Right, Touchdown. Man. True jewel. Throw him in. So, right. yeah, uh, firmly, Throw firmly for me. Throw him in that category. What about RZA? What do you think? I'll let you go with RZA. What do you think about RZA? <sighs> See, I was thinking this. I was, I was taking a walk today, and I was thinking about RZA. I was just like... As we all do. It? As we all do. We all think about RZA while we're taking <laughs> a walk, man. I honestly do. I honestly... I, 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 it's not a freaking lie. It's not a lie. I've thought about him whilst taking a walk before. <laughs> uh, I know you're not joking, but <laughs> shut up. <laughs> okay, I was thinking about the show we were going to do today. Okay, and okay. the show we recorded. I was just like, where am I going to put Rizzo? Okay, so I just want to qualify that. I don't I don't wake up thinking about Rizzo. Like, <laughs> like, I had to like, have like a dream about him or something. But... Um, <laughs> It really, it really can go either way, isn't it? Because um, obviously, the Wu production and the fact that Wu is even a thing oh, is, is you know, is Rizza. It's Rizza. He he Rizza. is the leader of that group. He is the patriarch of that group. So Nobody can tell me otherwise. Okay, yeah. he is the he is the he is the straw that stirs the drink. Okay, yeah, he is. I I I I I don't know if it's because. Um, some fit like his his probably his most popular solo album is probably Bobby Digital, right? You know, while that's okay, it's not it's not Iron Man, it's not Cuban Links, it's not Liquid Swords, okay? And I think yeah. because of that, because it's like so um, just uh, just just a little bit you know less lesser than the other other Wu Tang members' uh, solo albums, I just don't I don't know if I'm in the I guess I don't know if I'm in the minority or majority in this, but like I think because of that is the reason, and and also the fact uh, that I, I mean, well, I'm not I'm not the biggest Wu fan. I'll, I'll just say that um, I am a fan, but I'm not like you know quoting every lyric from from Thirty Six Chambers. Let's just say that I'm not that deep in knowledge of it of Wu Tang. But um, even when that said, I can't really name like a really on point like Rizzo verse anywhere. Um, that's just me. I'm, I'm sure someone can name one off the bat, but I I just think because of that, because there isn't like an iconic RZA solo or an iconic RZA verse anywhere in my mind. Um, I think that just takes away from it, and I I, I guess uh, I I mean he's firmly obviously in the uh, producer who raps right, but it's still a point where I'm just like, is it? Nah, I'm I'm sure he I'm sure he, I know he raps fine. I know he raps fine, but uh, I just I just find it he's he's on the cusp for me um, of just like of just not in the, he's not he's not deep in the territory of of producer that shouldn't rap like I don't know Swizz for example. Mm. Never I've never I've never looked for a Swizz verse. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've never looked for a Swizz verse. But, but um yeah, it's just um Riz is a really interesting uh uh. uh case study i think in this in this fact and uh but, um i guess it i guess it requires me uh to research into his um work more but uh yeah i, d- I just don't i just don't look for rizzo for lyrics that that uh that that much to be honest um but i'll i'll firmly agree if it's um if someone says he's producer of their raps and i'm I'll, I'll happily concede that to be honest okay yeah man i 
I mean, he's produced 80.6 of Wu-Tang's discography percent, uh, yeah. 75.5% yeah. of no producer. Yeah. He actually raps 11.5% of Wu-Tang's total vocals. He raps 6,280 words. Certainly, mm. he's rapping. I mean, we have to remember he's rapping alongside some of the greatest rappers of all time. So, <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. You know, that's that's a big thing, and he's been doing yeah, the, it. The bar know, is high, yeah. The bar is super high, and he's been doing it his whole career, and... It doesn't. I, I don't necessarily think that just because he um, doesn't have a classic solo album that he's not a great solo rapper. But yeah, I'd, I'd put him in the the producer who who raps category. To be honest, I um, I think he's an incredible producer, man. I think he's one of the top producers of all time. So yeah, I'd, mm. I, I think it's it's fine to put him in that category. Yeah. All right. Is that uh, that's, that's 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 all producers, the um, main ones? Yeah. So that's what's producers the next one? who rap. All right, so let's have a look at rappers who produce. Now, these are just people who are primarily rappers, but they dabble. I I say dabble in production. Now, I'm going to start with Eminem because uh, I'm going to start with Eminem because I think he's the most. Uh, I guess he's the the biggest example of this. Now, under the radar, yeah. He's under the radar. People forget, you know. I I ran some numbers in August 2018, and Eminem producing for Eminem. Okay is the most su- commercially successful producer-rapper collaborative process in hip-hop history. 77.6 million in sales. Now, that was August 20, 2018. Wow. And he, he uh, submitted a lot of music for certification like late 2018, early 2019. And a lot oh. of his numbers went way up. So he yeah. is the most successful producer-rapper collaborative process ever. Which is incredible, right? <laughs> he um, so the Eminem show went diamond, and Eminem has production credit on eighty-two over eighty-two percent of that album. He's produced sixty-five tracks for other Shady Record artists, uh, and he's produced fifteen Fifty Cent tracks. Now we spoke about Eminem last week, and I truly believe this: Eminem is not really a great producer. Uh, I think that he just really enjoys the process, and every interview I've read from him. He, he's just a nerd when it comes to hip-hop production, and he had literally the best teacher of all time because he had Dr. Dre there. And yeah. he said he was just soaking up the knowledge of Dr. Dre, uh, especially like frequencies and mixing and stuff like that. Eminem has a, spe- a really specific sound with his production, and you can tell an Eminem song immediately. Like, it's pretty simple. It's pretty telegraphed. It's pretty formulaic. But it's been functional for him over the years. He's certainly made it work. He had a beat on the Black Album, and that album is still a classic. He had a beat on the Blueprint, and that album's still a classic. So he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't stop albums from being classic. He's not that what? bad. It's, we're not talking about Soldier Boy here, but he, you know he's he's a mid to low tier producer, and that's why I definitely put him in this. I I. I would be ha- let's. I'll end it with this. I would be happy if Eminem didn't produce ever again. I don't, I'm not checking for an Eminem beat. I don't need an Eminem beat. I don't think anyone needs an Eminem beat. And um, I, I don't think he brings enough to the production game to justify his place in it. I mean, I'm 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 gonna be real with you. I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at his production discography, and I'm seeing some I'm seeing some tracks over here, bro. Um, Purple Pills, classic. Uh, without did, me, was that alone? Was that alone, Louis, or did he produce that with someone? Purple pills. Um, yeah. Let me look here. Uh, is it Louis Resto? Him and Jeff Bass. 
Yeah. See, Jeff Bass, Eminem. I think. I think the Bass Brothers Bass. were pretty instrumental. I think a lot of his produce production is co-production. Okay, but well, I don't still, know, yes, yeah, I'm yeah. still, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just saying, like, it's, it has right, his name right, on it. Enough. Like, I'm, I'm not gonna, enough, I'm yeah. not gonna, you know, let's just, let's just assume, like, he, he had a hand in those things. Like, may not be, yep, yep. you know, may not be the main, main hand, but it's a hand. So, you know, Stan, hello. Yeah, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, me, man. Lose yourself, bruv. Ghetto Gospel. Tupac's Ghetto Gospel, bro. Yeah, he did a lot of um, production what? on that album. Loyal to what? the Game, I think it was. Yeah, Bro, do you know how much Ghetto Gospel slaps? I am so dumbfounded. This is, uh, just so you know, guys, uh, for those listening, this is the first time I've seen this. Like, this okay. is the first time I've seen this. I didn't even know <laughs> he did Ghetto Gospel. That's fucking nuts. Oh, my days. Not Afraid, Fast Lane, uh, Lighters. Uh, did he produce some? Did he produce Dead Wrong? With Biggie? Uh, what year was that? Uh, doesn't say anything like... It doesn't say, that's, I'm on singles produced, so um, that's just how it is. But yeah, in his full... In his full, it's just a lot. It's just... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit much. But uh, yeah, he did the cross on Nas's uh, Godson. I mean, there's some there's some tracks on here. Just, you know. I mean, I'm not going to say that... Um, Running... He did Running, Dying to Live, Tupac and Biggie. Okay. 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 Um, right. yeah, he's so got some joints. So yeah, yeah, he's got he's got, he got some joints. I'm not saying right. he's, he did he did it all, and you know he's the mastermind. But um, he had a hand in him, and that's enough for me. So right, you know, I'm, I, I was I, I mean I was I was pretty much on the uh, uh, beforehand before I looked at that list. I was just like, um, I mean, I didn't know he produced anyway. So I mean, surely surely there there can't be much uh, that he's produced. And then I just look at this, and I'm like, mm, I may have to change my mind on this on live on live recording. So okay. I mean. I'm completely fine uh, with him being a being a producer. I'm not, not, you know, Stan slaps. Uh, All right, uh, man. Get okay. a fucking gospel. I can't. I can't get over that. That is that is revelation of the year. That really All is. Right. All right, that we'll is revelation we'll, of the year. We'll put Charlie down as a as a Eminem production believer. Why do you okay. have to word it like that? <laughs> okay, I don't know, man. I'm trying to think on my feet. Podcasting is hard. Sometimes it comes out wrong. <laughs> Sometimes it comes out sometimes wrong. Sometimes it comes out dead wrong. Yeah, sometimes it comes out dead wrong. Move on. Move Podcasting on, is easy Move for on. the quadruple threat, man. Podcasting Underlay. is easy for the quadruple Underlay. threat. Underlay. <laughs> Underlay. All right, we'll go. We'll go. Mac Miller. Um, rest in rest in peace to Mac Miller. Uh, twenty thirteen to twenty fourteen, he produced eighty point eight percent of his own discography, and he had twenty eight production credits for other artists. Now he produces under the alias Larry Fisherman. Mm-hmm. And I love Mac Miller's production. I adore it. I think he produced most of Faces, most of Delusional Thomas, um, most of Stolen Youth with Vince Staples. Now, man, I've got him very cl- The only reason I don't have him as a true dual artist is because he simply stopped producing or produced a very minimal amount uh, from like 2015 to 2018. But I honestly think he has a great ear for beats and he just has this quality that I also give to early Tyler work and very early, or still current, Earl Sweatshirt work, where mm. they, I don't know how to describe it. It's like they're producing beats underwater, but it's just like everything just sounds, I don't know, bassy and, and menacing almost, but, and sad. And yeah, I think Mac Miller, 
I think that his production perfectly complemented his lyrical content at the time and the, the space his head was in. And yeah, the only reason I don't place him as a true dual artist is because he just didn't, he didn't continue on with it. You know, I, I always loved his production mm-hmm. so much. I wish he had had continued because his next couple of albums I wasn't a massive fan of after watching movies with the sound off. But uh, yeah, man, I would, I would place him very highly in the pantheon of producers who, who are rappers who produce. Um. Yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, he's firmly in the firmly in the category. I'll, I'll for sure say that. Um, I guess for me, it's just a matter of. Um, I guess I didn't really look for uh, Mac Miller production, and I quickly just uh, looked his, uh, you know, the tracks that he has produced, and I'm just like, mm. you know, it's just you know, there there are a couple of tracks there. There's like a, he did a Warm Winds on a Scissors Z, which I really enjoyed. Um, mm-hmm. And a couple of Absol tracks, and obviously did a, a I think a like, collaborative project with Vince Staples. But um, yeah, so um, I guess I get I get I mean I firmly agree, and I, I firmly put him in the uh, uh, the rappers who produce category. Um, I just I just find that it's um, I, I, I guess I wasn't really looking for um, Larry Fisherman to be honest. So mm. you know, it's just I guess it's just one of those things that just flew under the radar for me, and I just never really. Uh, searched for, but um, I'll, okay. I'll completely concede with what you said, and I'll I'll, I'll you know, just single file, <laughs> go go behind the line, I guess. Okay. Well, we'll quickly look at Earl uh, very quickly. Uh, 51.7% mm. of his own discography. He's produced 39.7% of his own discography alone with no co-producers. 28 tracks for other artists, including Mac Miller himself, Currency, Mac Homie. I think that Earl is an incredible producer for his own music. Now, I think Earl has one of those incredible, great deliveries where it's like it's very monotone but it works and i i believe he's a really underrated rapper from a technical perspective i think he's yes yes man like i posted up some statistics a while back on uh on his album earl and dude the dude is rapping at an incredibly high level and people forget that like he's he's a lyricist his technique is incredible and his production just mimics that and matches that. And I think he's got a couple of underground classics on his hands, album-wise. And I, I, I guess because more people think of him as a rapper than a producer, that's why I've got him in this category. But I'm putting him in both categories, man. I think he's a true dual artist. Yeah, I mean, Earl's rapping makes my head spin, uh, just first off makes my head spin like uh, I, 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 it took me a long while to uh, get into Earl simply because um, I was just never really into Odd Future like that um, and uh, once I it, it literally took me until like last year to get into Earl and I've still I'm still yet to get into Tyler the Creator so <laughs> I don't know when yeah. that's gonna happen I, I can't get past uh, Goblin I can't get past it it's just so long and so dark and so depressing and so it's like, dark just man any, it's just Shock so rap. all over the place and just yeah. not that I'm not that big of a fan of the lyrics, to be honest. I'm just like, oh, this is cringe. But anyway, um, uh, Tyler aside. But yeah, uh, so once I, once I initially uh, got to finally got to Earl and just jumped in uh, head first, I was like, this dude is crazy. <laughs> Bruv, his lyrics, his rhymes, keeps, is making my head spin. It's actually absurd how technical he is. It's actually crazy. Amazing so, rap. Um, on that front, yeah, definitely. Like, uh, he's super slept on. I think he's, you know, probably pound for pound. Like you know, there there aren't songs that I'm really that I'm putting like on my regular rotation or anything, but if we're like talking super objectively, just like 
bar for bar, pound for pound, rap in. Like I think I think Earl's like top top five this year. Uh, this not this year. This uh, this decade, honestly, yeah. from a rapping standpoint. Like I've, I've firmly put him up there. But um, yeah. So uh, on the production side, I guess um, uh, you, you, it wasn't really. It, you didn't really have. Um, it, 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 the percentages didn't hit me as hard as I, as I yeah. thought they would. It's a bit um, low, isn't in the it? Low, yeah, a bit in the low 50s. Um, with that said, I think... I guess, I, guess, um, I really want to put him in the true jewel, um, but I don't, I don't really... I don't really... I guess I, really, I can't really, just simply because the numbers are a bit um, low bit for low. that kind of case. You know, for most of the true jewel artists, we have, like... They were in, like, the 80s and 90%. Um, yeah. So I guess I'm going to give myself that bit of criteria and just say, um, you know, I guess if he was in the room for all of it, which I assume he was, um, if it was like a cool executive producing and stuff like that, and he had a hand in at least, you know, most most of the pies, then I guess so. But we don't know that. Obviously, I wasn't in. I wasn't a fly on that wall. But um, yeah, so statistically, I'll, I'll just say he's a rapper who produces. But uh, um when you when you listen to the albums like um, Doris and uh, rap songs and I don't like shit, it's just the 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 vibe is just so consistent throughout all of them. Like yeah. they're all so consistent, like from a, just from a production standpoint, and it doesn't deviate. <laughs> and sometimes, no. obviously, that can be very uh, very uh, disorientating or just a very or it can get boring. But yeah, no, he just finds a way. So uh, yeah, I'll firmly, firmly rapper reduces. Um, not statistically, not enough for a uh, true jewel for me. I'd be happy to sub these two. So I'd be happy to to put J Cole in the rapper who produce and lift Earl up into the true jewel artist. So we're gonna deal with J Cole next, and it's gonna be some J Cole slander. So cover your ears right now. Well, if from you, big, from you, not me. From me, don't from know, me, don't know, from me. Don't know who, don't if you're a big about. J. Cole fan, cover your ears, close your eyes, <laughs> put your head under the sand, five minutes. It's going to be tough, but we'll get through it together, all right? So J. Cole has produced 74.5% of his own discography, 52.4% of that alone, 80% of his own singles. He has production credit for 61 other artists, including Kendrick, Janet Jackson, and Pusha T., uh, he produces a lot for Dreamville artists, uh, six tracks alone for Dreamville artists in 2019. And he has, okay, this is interesting, he has the second album in history to go number one on which the lead rapper produces 75% or more of the tracks alone with no co-production. Now, he's done that twice, and the first rapper to do it was Lauren Hill. It's number one album, remember? I'm not talking about platinum or anything like that. I mean, Dr. Dre mm-hmm. never went went number one. So J. Cole, firstly, is not a great producer. He's really not that great. I, I can't think of anything I can't think of any distinguishing quality that J. Cole has as a producer. Apparently he used to wear a t shirt that said, I'm gonna produce for Jay Z one day, and he never has. And there's a reason for that, because he's just not Why in that category. That? Look, man, that's I don't. A, that's a I, I that's don't, a low blow. What I'm gonna say is, what I'm gonna say is, the reason <laughs> I don't like J, this, I could be my uh, my opinion could be could be manipulated by the fact that I think J Cole is technically speaking one of the greatest rappers to ever grace the microphone, but his own production is so mid that it oh. never gives him an opportunity to 
totally shine as the technical rapper he is. Now, when he's on other tracks by other producers and, and his okay. guest spots, he absolutely slays his guest spots. He comes in and he like scorches the earth. But <clears throat> when he's on his own production, I'm like, it's a freaking snooze fest. And I'm like, Cole, what is this comfort zone you've created for yourself? It's like, it's like folding clothes on a song, like every song. I'm like, bro, oh. can you just can you just break out of this for a second and do something bro. crazy? Get a weird time signature or bro. throw some weird synths in. Give yourself a <laughs> challenge yourself. But he doesn't. He he has. It's just disappointing, man. And Cole is a mid tier artist. Oh. He shouldn't be. He shouldn't be. He's a top tier oh. potential wise. Like oh. I can't. I can't stand J. Cole. He's just wasted Dude. potential to me. Bro, right. that, that, that is crazy done. line. No, you no, guys no, can... no, you're good. You're good. No, you got, you got, you've had your thing. No, let me defend, right? No, I'm okay. not even that big of a J. Cole fan, to be honest. Like, it's, I'm not, it's not even that deep. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't listened to Four Your Eyes only like, since first listened. I like Forest Hills Drive. I love his mixtape. Uh, I love Snooze. mixtape Cole. Mixtape Cole is undefeated. Yeah, mixtape um, Cole is good. But yeah. Come, come, bro! Give them. Oh, yeah. Come on, but man. that was ten years ago, Charlie. I'm gonna produce like, it's 2019. That was that was 09. That was 09. Okay, it's 2019. Like, yes, mixtape Cole is great, but that was ten years ago. Like, come on, man. We got to okay, about your albums, right. Cole. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Jesus it's okay. I'm, I'm calm, calm. It's okay. Are you wait? <laughs> Shut the fuck up! You ain't calm. Oh my god, <laughs> he's on one, bro. He, this dude's on one. Okay, so. Uh. What I will say is that I under I will I will say that I agree on the point that the potential hasn't really been fulfilled from a uh, yeah I'll just say the the potential hasn't been fulfilled fully I would say that uh, from a creative standpoint but even in saying that again. Like same in the same echelon uh, as when I mentioned Earl being top five this decade. J Cole lyrically is top five this decade. I think objectively. So even with that said, like the fact that he even produces alone is just like cool. That's that's it's cool. It's cool. You know. You know they don't. It, this is a thing. Like don't have to. No. <laughs> Miles don't produce. <laughs> you know what I mean? J don't produce, but you know it's just. It's it's just it's it's a nice addition for some, um you know there there are a few there are a few tracks I rate um from uh, from a J uh, from a Cole uh, production standpoint Higher Power from uh, Section Eight is one of my favourites uh, from from this decade honestly I love that track like production on there is clean super clean, um you know and the fact that he produced um he he had a remix on the twenty fifth anniversary edition of a uh, yeah, he did uh, Tribe Called Quest uh, Instinctive Paths and. Tra- uh, Instinctive Ke- travels in the path of rhythm. God, I hate was that name for an album so long. What was the so track remixed? Uh, yeah, he did the it? "Can I Kick It" remix. Yeah, "Can, Can I Kick It"? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that you, was know, good. you know, there, there, there. He, he actually did a MPA of uh, King Push. He did. He did that. I, I totally that, forgot that, that, that one. Was actually fire. I totally forgot about that one. Okay, <clears> so <throat> you know, let's not act like he ain't got no, uh, you know, some decent productions here. You know, so there's, there's some good ones here. Yeah, one or two. Um, out of that, yeah. I won't. I won't. I. I won't. I. I just won't say true jewel. Um, even yeah. though statistically, I guess it, uh, it, he should be in there. 
And you know, I'm not really going to argue from this. It's just um, how I. It's just how I see it. Honestly, I say in the same way. Um, some people look for um, uh, in well, like I said when I when I was talking about uh, Kanye. You know, I look for production from Kanye. I don't really look for lyrics. I look for lyrics yeah. from Cole. I don't really look for production. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, Kod. It wasn't really. It was. It was kind of from a production standpoint. It was underwhelming for me. It was very yeah. meta. It was like, okay, we get it. Um, you know. It, you know, traps traps in, and you're you know going, huh? Look at this trap. Anyone can do a trap beat. Look at me do it. Yeah, I yeah. get it. It's it's it's, it's cool. It's, we get it. We get the point. But yeah, um, yeah production wise, I didn't really enjoy that. But um, yeah, that was just that was just there was some unnecessary shots there, bro. <laughs> there was some low lows. Bro, how you get on for wearing a shirt? Fuck you, know, bro. Actually, an, that is that silly. was that was a real thing, man. And that is <laughs> just fuck, bro. It's a shirt. Come on, man. You can't get him for wearing a shirt. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, no. Hey, Calm man. If you go, you, you're going we'll, to... We'll, we'll, fine. We'll, seg- we'll use that to segue into Kanye. Because, okay, okay you've got, fine, if, you're gonna, <laughs> if you're going to talk to talk, you've got to walk the walk. Now, Kanye West, there's a Jay-Z interview where Kanye came in to one of his first meetings with Jay-Z and said, I am the savior of Chicago. And Jay-Z replied... You didn't even have a single out. Like, what the... F- you, you, you know, you're not the savior of, of Chicago. Kanye always believed in himself as a dual discipline artist. And he would beat down doors to tell everyone. There's so many stories back in the day. Like, he played Jesus Walks and basically got laughed out of the room. Everyone was like, yeah, man, nah, nah. You're just a producer. Just stick to making beats. Kanye, Kanye proved everyone the fuck wrong. Like, Wow. With just, oh, man, his first five albums are basically certified classics. I He's a true dual discipline artist to me. Yes, his production is better than his rapping, okay? But his rapping is just top tier. And I don't mean from a technical sp- standpoint. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Kanye is just Kanye on the beat. Like someone said yesterday on Twitter, and I've been getting a lot of, I've been in a lot of Kanye conversations this week because Jesus is King is pushed back. Wow, surprise, surprise. Like, oh my gosh. It's the first time it's ever happened. Sorry? Breaking news. Yeah, man. Far out, bro. Like, thankfully, I got like a million views on one tweet from it because I looked at every single Kanye album and how far it had been pushed back. Life of Pablo was 530 days. But, so Kanye, his statistics are incredible. Uh, he's produced 92.5% of his own discography. He's got production credit on 479 official tracks in 23 years for 118 different artists. So, I mean, what can we say? Like, what can we say about Kanye except that he's a true dual discipline artist and he's probably the greatest hip-hop artist of all time. So I'm going to say, really. We've, we've spoken about him ad nauseum on this podcast. Like, oh, he's a legend. Okay, I'm gonna close my ears. I'm. Just, Gosh. I'm. I'm. I'm just. I'm just gonna. I don't know whether I, if I'm playing devil's advocate just because, or if I truly believe it or not. Okay. I'm just trying to think about it because when I when I when I say when I said that Q-Tip was a true jewel to me, it's simply because. There are so many like 
Q-tip lyrics that I can just slap off and they slap and they're great. I do wonder sometimes whether we just overhype Kanye's lyrics simply because they're just, it's Kanye's personality coming through and not because they're, you know, actually well-crafted lyrics. It's like, uh-huh, he said, he said, if I bleached, uh, if, if I get bleached my nah, t-shirt, that's I feel like an arsehole. That's, I'm that's just like, that's a terrible I'm like, guys, 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 let's just, let's just calm Don't down. Let's just, just calm down that. So, you know, I, but he has, I'm, but I'm he, good, has, good. he has, he has bars like, uh, I love your breast because it proves I can focus on two things at once. Like, come on, man. That's genius. <laughs> yeah. He does have some funny ones, I guess. I, not, <laughs> I, I just, I just, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'll just, I'll just say true jewel, but I, I, I just, I just think that like some, uh, sometimes we just uh, not overhype him as an artist or anything, because obviously that's that says that speaks for itself. But like, just from a, just from in this criteria that we're using, that it's very abstract, and it's in you know, now that I'm thinking about it, but um, it's just. I can't, I can't, when I, when I, when I, when when you say true jewel, I'm just like okay. There's op lyrics and op production. Now Kanye has some of the most op production in op mm, production okay, history. I see what you mean. Yeah. Like I get it, but but but, but the lyrics, oh, they're just they're just they're just they're just not top tier for me. I'm just gonna say mm. it. They're not top tier. I'm just but like, if we if we're looking for top tier lyrics, I'm not looking for Kanye. I'm just saying like, I don't look for him for lyrics, and I, you know it's the third time I've said it this episode. But I'm just saying. So with that said, I'm just like, is he really a true jewel? But um, you know, and when yeah, when we say yeah. true jewel, it's kind of like a category, isn't it? It's not like we're not we're not saying it from a you know from a uh, factual standpoint. It's just like a designation we're giving. We're basically labeling. It's subjective. Real, but it's, it, yes, we're basically labeling. But um, it's subjective. Yeah, I'm just, I just, I just wanted to throw that out there because uh, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'll, I'll agree for now that you know, true jewel. But like, we, we, we give like true jewel to, well, if you want to go to the next one, which um, I'm just going to say MF Doom because just to say, yeah, you know, yeah. productions there, looks yep. are definitely there, so. You know, and then, OP. You know yep. the, the, the 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 scales the scales I believe in my criteria of like a true jewel, I think the scales need to be balanced in a way. And Kanye's is balanced way to the production side, so that's just that's just how I see okay, it. Okay, I see what you and, mean. And and you know, and from J Cole's standpoint, you, you you'll definitely you can definitely agree that the scales is tipped way to the lyrical side. So yep, yep okay, yeah. So you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna designate J Cole that rap who produces. And stick it there and not say true jewel because you believe the production isn't up to snuff to be designated as true jewel, then I'm I might say that Kanye is on the other side of that and say that the production is, you know, tipping the scale to producer who raps. So you know okay. it's, it's, yeah. 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 I think I, think I tiptoed that minefield quite well. <laughs> I think you you did well. I certainly didn't tiptoe on my minefield with J. Cole. I just fucking dove yeah, in. You just and, fucking and... ran through that like fucking uh, Wonder Woman. I got to the other side, but I did lose some <laughs> limbs on the way. <laughs> Jeez, it's gonna be... you, you, just, you ran through that like a Monty Python sketch. Tis but a scratch. I just hope, yeah, I just hope my Twitter followers don't listen too closely to this podcast because I might uh, roast get ben, it. Roast Ben, roast him, roast oh, him. Go. Well, next so the next the next three <laughs> artists I'm going to say, because the first two are a little bit contentious, but I think the next three, I'm just going to rattle them off, are true dual artists. Big Crit, MF Doom, Tyler the Creator. Now, okay. 
Let's start with MF Doom because we spoke about him. We'll do these guys briefly because I just they, I think they are. I think they're dual artists. MF Doom, what yeah. can we say about MF Doom, man? Like Special Herbs, if you haven't listened to Special Herbs, go get those those joints. And it's, oh, I don't know what else to say, man. It's dual artists. It's yeah, incredible. Yeah, top, yeah. top tier. Lock in. Lock it in. All right. Lock it in. Lock in. Uh, Tyler, the creator, um, first solo rapper ever to have a number one album that he produced and arranged by himself with no co-producers and no co-production credits. That's legendary. Uh, he's produced 97.7% of his own discography, 82 songs for other artists. I think that Tyler is well-balanced in this realm. Like He produces Certainly. very well, and yeah. he actually raps very well. I know that you haven't uh, looked deeply into his discography, but um, I, I think that he is pretty close to top tier in both categories. I think he's a true dual artist and certainly Igor is going to be his opus. I think it's just a, yeah, well, a beautiful he's, piece he's of well balanced, art. I think, yeah. Well balanced. Uh, and then we'll look at Big Crit who has only produced 68% of his own discography, but remember he has a lot of mixtapes and some of those are over other people's beats. So mm. uh, he has 239 production credits on his own music. 237 of those were alone, no co-producer. The, the mm. best thing I like about Crit was he signed to, I think he was signed to Def Jam. He still yeah. produced over 75% of his own music, even though he yeah. had Def Jam's full budget mm. and roster behind him. Mm-hmm. And we spoke about this on the podcast earlier in the year when he dropped his album, which didn't, I think it only had two big Crit production credits. Yep. Mm-hmm. It sounded mid. The yep. beats just didn't knock and it just brought the project down. And so mm-hmm. I think... Big Crit is probably the most deserving of this dual discipline artist because when he doesn't produce his own music, it just doesn't sound as good. It suffers, it just, yeah. It suffers. It really and does. He, he, so, so the reason I say this is I think he's a true thoroughbred because he's the true artist, right? Like he creates mm-hmm. the whole song. He raps mm-hmm. on it, he produces it, and when he doesn't do one part of that, it just it, it's not... You know, we say Big Crit's a top-tier artist, and when he, one of the disciplines he doesn't do, it doesn't sound as good. So I think he's probably the most uh, deserving of the dual artist label. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure, I completely agree. Like, um, just his his ear for, like, crate digging and just, like, sampling is just absolutely on point. And ah. the pen game matches. The pen game matches. So, um <clears throat> yeah, so I, I completely agree, and I think he just just certainly just deserves that designation. Um, two, I want to throw out just quickly, and yep. just just say what comes out of your head, just like first thing. Uh, Peggy. Um. Jewel, Jewel. Yeah, true Jewel. Yeah, I'll say that yep. as well. And uh, uh, this is contentious, but uh, Travis Scott. Oh man. I'm gonna say obviously, because obviously with this, with this, with the you know, he revolutionised trap. So you know, so yeah, he kind of just. Ha- I know. <laughs> that's, that's what Travis fans say. <laughs> Look, I think he's a jewel because, as we spoke about on one of the episodes, and and you were saying that there's, <laughs> you actually were a little bit wrong because you didn't know that, which is fair. You know, a lot of people don't know that Travis produced like 44 percent of his own discography, and you said there's definitely a, a specific Travis sound. And oh, right. yeah, 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 and um, it's because he produces, and I think he knows how to cultivate his own sound and curate his own sound. I, I would put him in the jewel. 
I don't place as much. Uh, I place more at Kid Cudi's feet, more influence at Kid Cudi's feet than Travis's. But I don't think he's been. I don't think he hasn't been influential. I think he has. But yeah, I've, I've got him as a dual artist. Okay. Actually, one more in my head. I just literally just thought of it. DJ Khaled. I'm joking. Let's move on to a lighter note. <laughs> D- uh, to be fair, no. Look, to be fair to DJ. No, Khaled, no, no. It's a joke, bro. Let's no, no, no. This. But to be fair, he is a dual discipline artist because we spoke but about Tonka, Tonka Truck music last week. His raps are Tonka Truck and his beats are Tonka Truck. So, like, <laughs> he's a dual discipline artist. It's just operating on a low level. Just because he does both disciplines poorly doesn't mean he's not a true discipline, dual discipline artist, Charlie. Don't. Don't discriminate against Khaled for that, okay? Oh, my God. You actually took Come that on. to a whole new level. I love it. Oh, my God. It's just, just being honest. Oh, I didn't see that coming. Oh, my God. Just being oh, honest. I underrate your comedy chops, bruv. I really do. I underrate I your chops. Him, I got him. You got, you got jokes sometimes, man. That is cr- uh. I, I nearly screamed. Oh, my God. Oh, my days. Oh, uh. God. Okay. And breathe. Okay. Do you have a line? Uh, I got a couple of lighter notes. Um, I left you a voice message about one yesterday I was as I was leaving the lighter note. Okay, musical theatre is the worst art form it ever exists, that's ever existed. Musical theatre is just bad. My sister is an opera singer and she dabbles in musical theatre. She's been in amateur production since she was 13. Oh, no, earlier than that, eight. And she's 29. So I've been watching her perform for 21 years. I've seen every conceivable popular musical production. I've seen Les Miserables eight to ten times. I was watching it again yesterday. And I said to my father, who was sitting next to him, I'm like, I need to do musical theater by the numbers because there is zero dialogue in this that isn't sung. Imagine going to a three to four hour play Mm. and there is no dialogue that isn't sung. I was like... Bro, this is horrifically bad. And I meditated for like 20 minutes because I just, I couldn't watch. I'm like, I closed my eyes and listened to the music and I'm actually quite skilled at meditation. So I was like playing around with things and and that was great. But then I came out of it and I'm like, oh, shit, bro. (laughs) Why did they combine the two? Why did they combine like theater and music and think that this would work? Like that never works. I, I just... But then I spoke to my... This is my opinion, by the way. I have to preface this with that. So I, I texted my friend and I was like, look, man, musical theater is so garbage. She's like, I disagree with you. And the the, the, the place was full. The people love this shit. The jokes are horrible. They're making jokes and, and everyone's like... I'm like, oh, dear, this is not... This is not... I'm, I'm operating... Obviously, we just discovered I'm operating at a high level of comedy. This is a low level of comedy. Like, you guys... You guys are easily pleased. Yeah, man, that was my first light I know. I don't know if you have any experience with musical theatre. Maybe you are actually some sort of actor in this and maybe I've just offended you. Do you see how I gave Ben credit for being comedy and that for having comedy chops and now he's picking himself up? Oh, see I mean, this I'm, is, what, this look, is what happens when look, you give someone free guess. Like, they look, just man, look, look, look. It. It's not arrogance. <laughs> it's not arrogance if it's true. It's just confidence. And uh, if it's so true, what, man. So, what, so, what, so what, when you mean musical theatre, what do you mean? Do you mean like Book of Mormon musical theatre? Do you mean like Wicked musical theatre? Yeah, I mean theater? all of or that. Or do you mean like opera? 
No, 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 opera's fine. Opera's, opera's fine. Like, what do you mean, opera's I, I fine? Can... That's where I was going. I was like, opera's whack. Like, I don't nah. understand opera to the... I don't... I've never understood opera. Like, I understand musical theatre. I don't understand opera. Like, that's where uh, I was opera's... going to go with it. Opera's artistic because those those mm. singers are incredible. But but these oh yeah these no music... oh yeah technically I understand like they, they, okay. they slap they slap both well that well that's like, that's the level great, that I but... that's the level I interact with opera on. I I don't okay you know I don't go to opera in my spare time, but I can appreciate it. But I can't appreciate musical theater on any level. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. You just to find me. it too camp. What? <laughs> I just think it's pointless. I'm like you just find it cringe. Have, it's cringe. It's ultra cringe. It's like the story's garbage for starters. The only story I've ever liked is Jekyll and Hyde. I like Jekyll and Hyde as a story. But why sing the whole thing? Just speak occasionally. <laughs> like they're, they're singing, speaking words. It's like if we did a podcast and we sung everything. It would be ridiculous. No one would listen to that. Like That's too much effort. Oh man, so yeah, I'm not a big fan of, of music. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've, I've never, I've, I've only been to like maybe two theatre shows like, like that in that designation. And, you know, I, I, I had a good time, you know, for what it was. Okay. Um, I don't find it the pinnacle of, like, you know, theatre or anything. Um, but, you know, Hamilton's one of the best theatre plays Hamilton in this decade, of this incredible. century. And, like, you know, yep. that's, you know, that's music, no, music numbers. So, you know, I'm, I can't really shit on musical theatre personally. Um, I've mm. just never, I've never been into that. But you know, when it comes to theatre, I'm more like no music at all because um, I just, I just rate the acting side of things yep. like that, and you know, screenplays and playwrights and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, yep. but you know, it, musical theatre serves a purpose, I think. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's not, it's not everyone's cup of tea. I will, I, I can certainly say that it's not my cup of tea personally. So yeah. Okay. Um... My final lighter note is I finished Breaking Bad. So if you Yay. listened to our, our talk last week, we were talking about how overrated it is. And yeah, it's overrated. My final thoughts are it's overrated, but I think Walter White is one of the greatest characters ever written. Oh, I think, there you go. Yeah, man, I honestly do. I think his his transformation from what he was at the start to what he was at the end, where he was basically like the scariest freaking dude in whatever mm. part of America he was was yeah. unbelievable like dude even i was scared by this guy like this guy's a freaking menace he's a bad person and he made it he he actually was so good at it and i know it's it's not a true story but he was so good at it that he could have lived the rest of his life outside of jail and he killed so many people was, yeah I, I i appreciated the writing of his character uh but yeah you know i was i was not really disappointed when it ended and and when a series ends and you're not disappointed, that's probably a sign that you didn't really get into the series that much, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in the same boat as you. Like, um, I mean, I did say that the writing picks up and the writing is Does generally, pick up. you know, of quality. Um, it's Does just like, so, like I said, some characters are just insufferable and they stay insufferable for the entire time and just bring the whole fucking show down. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. It's overrated. It's so it's okay for a show. Um, you know, they have, it has its qualities, but it has its super oh, cons. My God. So um, yeah, you know, it's 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 above average for me personally. Um, so now you just got to get into Better Call Saul next, and then in time for the f- new film that's coming. <laughs> I saw that. Is that? Have you seen that? Is that any good? Because I like Saul as a what, character. Better Call Saul? Nah, nah. Yeah. Nah. Okay, I'm gonna nah. skip that. I'm watching uh, Hip Hop Evolution instead. Oh. Of a, uh, yeah, what, I'm going to start from... 
Well, I'm going to start from scratch. I've only watched like 10 minutes of the first episode, but I'm going to go oh, through right. the whole thing. Yeah, no. I think it's going to be freaking amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll lash my reviews. <laughs> All right, sweet. Shameless yeah. plug. Um, yeah, so I've got like one little nail note, and I talked about it before we recorded um, to Ben, so, but I just wanted to put it on wax. Bro, I'm yeah, sick please. of sports washing. I'm sick of this shit. So like for people that don't know what sports washing is, it's basically this, um, um, I guess, phenomenon that's happened in the past 10 years or so where... You know, there's some there are some Middle Eastern people, you know, businessmen, kingdoms, whatever, however you want to Oil slice tycoons. it. Oil tycoons. Oil tycoons, however you want to slice it, have been making moves to move out of their, you know, some would say illicit business and trying to get into some more legitimate businesses. Legitimate businesses such as sport. Um, and because of that, it's sullied what I think is um, something that I, I I just think they've sullied some sports. So like football is the prime example. Um, the fact that Man City is owned by like, I don't know, I forget, like the Prince of UAE, something like that. And, you know, obviously Man City are like the best team, one of the best teams in the world right now. And that wasn't the case 10 years ago. Um, you know, and you yeah. can say the same for Chelsea, um, who uh, got bought out by Roman Abramovich, like, you know, about... F- 10 years earlier than that well five years earlier than that and uh, like oh three or something like that so you know you can say it with you can say it happened with russian with russian oligarchs as well it happened at that point but the the recent influx now is just so concentrated it is so hard to not ignore well it's so hard to ignore um the fact that the world cup is in qatar is just it doesn't make sense like it's that's clearly a that's clearly a money move or a political move, however you want to slice it, it's not because of the, you know, they won the draw, you know, luck of the draw, it's not because of that. It really isn't because of that. And it's the same with the IAAF uh, World Champ- Athletics Championships, which is going on literally as I, as I speak. Um, I recently just watched the 100-meter uh, final uh, for the women's, the women's 100-meter final, and while it was an amazing race, um, shout out to Dean Ratchett-Smith and Shelley Graham Fraser-Price, and... Uh, 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 Maria, uh, Jose Maria Talu, Jose Maria Talu. Um, there was no one there. There was literally no one there. Like the 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 commentators, um, the well, the uh, the the presenters for um the BBC broadcast were like clapping to Dina Asher Smith from the balcony of the stadium, and she could see them clapping and hear them clapping. Yeah, that's like, sad. That is super sad. It's really like sad. this is this is like this is this is this is Dean Rasher Smith's. Um, I'm just going to speak out specifically because she's British and you know big fan and all that. Uh, me, like this is her. This is her biggest medal to date. This is her biggest moment to date. Like she won uh, triple uh, Euro- European championships last year in uh, I think it was Berlin, and everyone was there. Like the place was jumping, exploding. The stadium was exploding from that. And now it's just all I hear is all I heard was just music and like the, you literally saw the pictures of her doing the lap of honor and there's nobody there. It's so mm. depressing and this it's is just sad. another case of sports washing and it it does my head in. Like the IWF did, did that explicitly for money and it just depresses me. It really does. Like I'm, I'm just waiting for the time when the Olympics go there now and it's just going to be like this exact same case of bullshit. Like it's just. It it just leaves it just leaves a bit of taste in my mouth, and it's the same, it's going to be the same with the World Cup. Like you know, I'm gonna I'll probably watch it because 
you know, <laughs> and who, what, what else? What else am I going to do in the summer? Uh, everyone's, all my mates are just going to go. Let's go watch the game. Mm. Um, and you know, I'm going to watch it. I'll probably watch it, but I'm going to watch it with a supreme dirty taste in my mouth. Just seeing like maybe there will be nobody there. You know, uh, obviously athletics and uh, football is uh, very, very different from a popularity standpoint. But the problems are still there, and you know, it it just sucks. It just sucks the life out of it, and isn't really what sports is about, to be completely honest. So um, yeah, that's just that's just that's just an impulse thought of how I feel about sports washing. It just does my head in. But uh... I mean, the problem the problem for me becomes the ethical and moral aspect of it because I, I don't believe Qatar are very uh, kind towards women. I think I read a lot of things about uh, it's really hard for a woman to even travel safely to Qatar. And look, I why and, and as you said off air, people have died building the stadiums. Like mm. it's just like what at what point like how far are we going for money in this world? You know, we're we just going to ruin the purity of everything. Like everything that human humanity manages to I don't know, give authenticity to, it is just, it gets fucked over by money and it, it's just, yeah, man, it's, it's sad. I don't know what they're going to, I hope they don't fuck with the Olympics. They've managed to do it so far, they haven't fucked with it yet. Um, but, um, I mean, they, well, I guess... If they, they, if they can get the World Cup, like, I, I can't I can't leave the Olympics out for, like, in, the next, in, like, 10 years or so when they start bidding again, you know, maybe. Hmm. Well, it's expensive, man. It's freaking expensive to hold the Olympics. Like... Look at what happened in Athens in 04. Like, they thought they might have to bring it back to Sydney for that year because the, the, Greece couldn't pay. Like, they, they had no money to, to mm. build the stadiums. Like, it's, yeah. it's really expensive. And uh, Sydney hosted it in the year 2000, and we yeah. managed to pivot that uh, Olympic precinct into a whole bunch of other things in sports. But for years, it was not, uh, it wasn't like completely not used, disused, but it, it was not the hub that they envisaged they it took them a long time to rebound from that and luckily australia is a relatively wealthy country it's not easy for countries who aren't wealthy like apparently uh in china the the stadiums fell into disrepair afterwards so mm. i don't know man it, it could happen and, and it'll be really sad if it does yeah that's just how it is but one more thing right did you what say, say what did you say envisaged i did yes yeah, it's envisioned. Thank you very much. The, I hate that word, envisioned. Is it? Uh, Are you serious? No, it is envisaged, but I wish it was envisioned because envisaged sounds stupid. It doesn't sound like a word. Okay, but is envisaged. You're factually if... correct, but it's just it's just wrong. It's just wrong. Just is envisaged, envisaged. What? Wait, what do you want it to be? Envisioned. 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 Okay, well. Past tense is envision, envisioned. So there's two. They both contemplate or envisage is contemplate or conceive of a possibility or a desirable future event. Envision. They're both the same. So, so they're they, two different they, words. No, they're the same word. Like they mean the same thing, but they're different words. So they can be used in the same. They can be used inter- interchangeably. Envisage sucks. <laughs> Why? What do you got against envisaged? It don't, it don't roll off the tongue properly. Envisaged. I can't even doesn't... say envisioned. <laughs> <laughs> I, it took me eight goes to get it, and I'm an eloquent <laughs> speaker. 
it don't sit right. It don't sit right with me. So I'm definitely. That's, de- that's, I'm that's deferring. Just, I'm deferring to you on this because you're the screenwriter and and I, you know, I. Oh, I defer no, to no, you. no, 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 no. Let's not do that. Like I, 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 I scrape through C in English. Okay, I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a scholar. Okay, bro. Have <laughs> I'm not you read my English? Have you read my tweets? Like, come on. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm way below that. I'm not even close <laughs> to scholar level. I'm, I'm way below. I deal in 240 characters or less. Like, I'm not. That's not me. <laughs> no, no comment. Uh, and on that note, we shall leave it there, ladies and gentlemen. This has been another two-part miniseries of Digging in Digits. Uh, I have been Charlie Taylor of the Fifth Element. I've been Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers who shall now be known as the comedian. Um, <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy this episode. <laughs> uh, we shall we shall uh, hopefully see you next week. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, we shall see you next time. But well, damn, I messed up the I messed up the outro. <laughs> oh no. We hope you guys have a good week and we shall okay. try and do the same. We but shall. until the next time. <laughs> Take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. There we go. Alright, peace. Fuck you know what? Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show was edited by me. Music for this show, piece from video games by bonus points. Thanks to Chopper Breakers for the ability to use. Socials for the fifth element, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and your hop records will be in the description wherever you're listening. This has been a fifth element podcast network and hip hop by numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending time with us, and we shall see you next time on Digging in the Digits. Digging in the Digits.